All right, we're live. Welcome back to Talk with the Army. I'm your co-host, Delilah. And I'm your co-host, Daisy. And today, we have decided to finally break down a little bit. Well, not a little bit. It's going to be a lot. (laughs) We're going to break down (laughs) what is hype and what is big hit, just because the discourse around it has been really exhausting. And we feel like a lot of the discourse that's been going around is coming from people that weren't even here when HYBE wasn't a thing. And the way a lot of people talk about HYBE is as if it's always been a thing. Um, And of course, you know, HYBE is very influential and it is definitely something very different than um when we just had you know big hit music but i feel like at the end of the day it's actually really not um and so we're just gonna try and break down that history today and then go into like why this affects bts and how it affects bts and like what are armies supposed to do about it um and because you know daisy and i have been here for so long now we've been here you know since before BTS were even, you know, trying to perform at the U.S. And we've been here when, you know, BTS first sold a million copies. We've been here when BTS, you know, got their first POC. And so we really want to just rewind history a little bit and really dive into how things came about up until where we are now. Exactly. I think that especially now, because as you said, we've gotten a huge influx of newer fans. It's really important that they know this kind of stuff, um, especially because a lot of them do become fans and then just immediately like jump to Twitter or other types of social media without knowing too much of the context behind uh, Big Hit or Hype. And so sometimes it can be easy for other people to influence them and to give them wrong information. And then that uh, misinformation or in some cases disinformation can sometimes spread and it becomes really, really hard to correct. And so we've just come to set the record straight and hopefully we won't have to do this again. That's that's what I'm hoping after this. Exactly. So let's just get into it. First of all, you know, big hit music, where it all began. And turns out uh, big hit music was founded February 1st. Uh, so just two days ago uh, from when we're recording this, um, on February 1st, 2005, uh, Bang Shi also known as Hitman Bang, also known as Bang PD, um, he founded Big Hit Entertainment. And he used to work under JYP. And so he was a music uh, producer and composer for acts under JYP. So Rain, 2AM, uh, G.O.D., you know, Wonder Girls, all of those JYP 
groups um, back in the day. And he left JYP in 2005 to start his own company. And there's been a lot of... He's spoken about this before. Um, there's a lot of assumptions that BTS was always going to be big and that Big Hit was always going to be a success because of these connections to JYP. But really the biggest connection to JYP was just him and his name, really. Uh, Park Jin Young, CEO of JYP, he didn't really have any hand in Big Hit. Uh, their JYP Entertainment, you know, it's not like they were giving money or anything to Big Hit in its, you know, founding. It was really Bang PD started this company on his own, and he's been upfront about how colleagues in the music industry, you know, have told him that, you know, this group that you want to make, it's not going to work. Yeah, he's really had to face all sorts of naysayers since the very beginning. And like you said, uh, it's not like JYP really gave him any type of like money or extra connections. The only thing that they've done is they've co-managed a couple of artists together in the past. Some of them include uh, K-Will. Uh, there's also uh, 2AM or was it? Yeah, it was 2AM. Uh, 2PM was solely managed by JYP. So there were two groups, 2AM, 2PM. Oh, yeah. And Big Hit co-managed 2AM with JYP, but only JYP was managing 2PM. And then um, they also had co-managed uh, Lim Jong-hee together. Um, and then that was pretty much it. All the other um, artists that were signed under Big Hit were like solely Big Hit. The only others were um, uh, two acts. One of them is Eight and Glam, both of those which were co-managed by Source Music. And that was way, way back in the day, um, super, super early on. And um, after that, um, that was pretty much it. Every other artist was just like solely a Big Hit artist um and that's really the extent of any connection that he had with jyp um but that really didn't get his name out there by the time that bts debuted because they were still super super obscure back then and they were really financially struggling um, and BTS have talked about it openly. Bang PD's talked about it openly. How, you know, around the time that, uh, he was putting BTS together, they were really, really low on funds. I remember at one point, Yoongi had said, I believe it was on the Uquist talk show, how, um, you know, around like the time that he got into that car accident, that completely dislocated shoulder, he was like, Oh, you know, uh, at that time, like, the group was very close to being, like, completely dissolved. Like, they had basically run out of money to invest into BTS, and so it was a really, really difficult situation. And so that's just, this is why, like, when people say that, like, Big Hit had a leg up in the industry because of, like, JYP connections, it's like, you are so wrong. You are so, so wrong. Like, so many people, especially when BTS debuted, like, the biggest thing that they got made fun of outside of, like, their concepts was their financial situation. Exactly. Um, and so, where do we, you know, start? You know, Big Hit founded in 2005, but their first act um, was created in 2010. 
Um, in 2010, so remember we had 2AM, which was that group that was co-managed between JYP and Big Hit. Um, one of the members, Lee Changmin, um, he uh, basically formed a duo with the other group we mentioned, 8, that was also co-managed, uh, Lee Hyun, who is still in Big Hit today. Um, they formed a duo that went on to be known as Home, or, you know, obviously in French it's like, um, um, because, but, uh, <laughs> you don't pronounce the H's, but they, um, went on to become a duo, and they did a lot of ballad-type songs, and a lot of them were actually pretty successful. Um, I do have a bone to pick, um, with Big Hit about, you know, after, um, Home Dissolved, like, you can't find their music on Spotify anymore, and it makes me really sad, <laughs> Uh, so sad. If you go on um, YouTube, you can search their songs. Like, they have really, like, their songs are really nice. And they really are good singers. But, so, that was in 2010. And they went on, um, you know, became a duo. And then, uh, February 1st of 2018... So now we're 13 years after the founding of Big Hit. Um, Changmin wanted to establish his own agency, and so he ended up leaving um, Big Hit, and of course, then the group. Um, well, not really a group, more of like a duo, but you know what I mean. Um, and so right now, it is currently just Lee Hyun that is left from that, which, you know, it's kind of crazy. He, he's really been there f from the beginning. Um, and so that's that. And then, of course, history was made in 2013. We get BTS's debut. So BTS debuts in 2013. Um, and we're not, the rest is history, right? <laughs> so we know yeah. that, we know that in 2013, um, you know, BTS debuted and... That was, you know, pretty crazy. And then we started becoming, um, we started to see more and more growth with Big Hit Music. So in August of 2018, this is when Big Hit and then CJ E&M, which is, if you want to talk about monopolies and conglomerates, CJ E&M, just crazy. Just, you could just Wikipedia, CJ, E&M, look at all their subsidiaries. It's not just music and entertainment. It's technology. It's food. They are everywhere. But um, Big Hit and CJ, E&M, they founded a joint label uh, with the ownership being split 48 to 52. So Big Hit had 48% of ownership and then CJ had 52%. Um, and they founded that joint label, which would be known as B-Lift. And B-Lift would then go on to debut in Hypen in November of 2020. So right now, uh, the label, B-Lift, uh, it's a combination of Big Hit and CJ E&M. Although the vibe I get, which makes sense because the split is slightly more on CJ E&M's side, um... I do get the feeling that, you know, you can tell that Big Hit is definitely part of, like, the creative side and, like, the music side of it. 
I feel like a right. lot of the more, like, management and, like, promotional activities seem to be more of the CJ, E&M side, just because of, like, the difference in how, like, other groups you see under Big Hit Music tend to be promoted, um, and, like, just, like, the relationship with staff and stuff, it seems to be Big Hit's more of, like, the creative music side, while CJ does the management side, and you know what? That makes sense, because that's literally how it's always been with, like, Big Hit, um, collaborations so like groups like um glam when glam was a group under source music or not source music yeah source music um, yeah source yeah source music uh glam was under source music um and big hit uh produced their songs and filmed their music video so you'll find uh, their music videos under the Big Hit channel, but all of, like their con, like their actual contracts, like management activities, um, were with Source, for example. Um, so I'm not surprised. So yeah, uh, B Lift. While you know it is a uh, you know Big Hit group, um, it's really more like a CJ E&M Mnet type of group, which makes sense because they came out of an Mnet produced show, um, Island. So I feel like. You can sense there is a there's some interdependence, but um, it does feel like there is like this kind of separation a little bit um, because of how involved CJ E&M is with that group. And so, um, yeah, in 2018, you get B-Lift. And then um, March 2019, Big Hit Entertainment debuts their first boy group since BTS. This is a huge deal. We get Tomorrow by Together, TXT in 2019. It is six years after BTS has debuted. And I remember when this happened, I predicted they were going to debut group in 2019 because I think around like 2017-ish, I was thinking, you know, eventually they're going to have to debut group, but they don't want to debut it too late we're like would bts start to enlist that they're not going to be able to build up their own fan base in time and not be able to you know take some of the financial burden off bts so there has to be time for them to debut a group and like grow a fan base before bts start to enlist so i predicted 2019 was going to be the year and i was right and you also have to keep in mind that you know tomorrow by together they were trainees under Big Hit as BTS were going through this massive growth. Um, I believe Yan Jun in particular joined Big Hit in 2014. So that was just one year after BTS had debuted. Uh, so they had been working in the company for quite a while before they debuted. Yeah, it's actually crazy to think about how early on some of them have been working with big hit and also how early on some of them got to see bts this is like pre everything like pre u.s growth pre global takeover pre first desan pre first music show win like at that point 2014 the only thing that bts had really done is like rookie of the year awards and that was that was the extent of their success at the moment um, and so imagine like putting faith that like everything is going to work out while BTS is still making their way up. And you're seeing that 
and you know txt like they're purple-blooded as hell like they are armies through and through and so like i feel like their experience as an army is just so completely different to ours because it's not simply that oh you know i'm a fan of bts so i decided to try out for their label and i made it in and now i get to be under the same label as them it's like I like they became a fan not just from watching BTS content but through actually seeing them struggle during their career and then respecting them for the work that they put in and now they are debuting and like they're like direct juniors to these people they have watched come up throughout the years like that's just crazy to me it's just the things that both of these groups have seen like we can't imagine you know it it really is insane to think about imagine watching bts grow from the inside and not even just as you know a member of txt but like uh think of all the people that bts work with like people like p dog and slow rabbit uh you know all of their makeup artists and stylists all the music video directors they worked with over the years like to you know work with bts so closely and see this climb it it must be such it must be so surreal. Yeah. I mean, for them, it probably, like, they're still trying to, like... For, I, I know for some of them, it probably still hasn't even sunk in just how big they are. And, I mean, even for, like, a lot of Korean uh, GP, like, they don't even realize how big BTS is overseas either. Um, for a whole completely different story that could honestly be an episode topic on its own. But, like, it's just, like, insane to see... Like, if I was working under a big hit and I saw that climb for myself, like, I wouldn't even know what to do. Like, that's just absolutely insane to me. But, yeah, that was TXT. And then after TXT in July of 2019, Big Hit Entertainment then acquired Source Music, which is home of their former girl group G-Friend. Um, and May 2020, Big Hit became the majority share, the majority shareholder of Pletus Entertainment. And then, um, you know, that also became another subsidiary of, uh, what was later known as Hive. Um, and then June 2020, Big Hit had also acquired, is it KOZ or is it pronounced cause? I don't know. I what say KOZ, but like, I don't know because I don't remember, um, They've probably mentioned it, like, in the press briefings, but I I don't really pay attention to that label that much, and I don't know much content from that label, so I really don't know. Uh- <laughs> but yeah, KOZ Entertainment, um, and for all who don't know, it's a record label founded by uh, Zico, and if you don't know who Zico is, he is a rapper. He's been in the industry for quite a while, um, and so, yeah, that's his label, but... That pretty much uh, concludes um, all that we have to say for Big Hit. So let's talk about Hyde now. Exactly. So that note was Big Hit. And then once we get to 2021 is where things start to change. Big Hit is announcing that they're rebranding into a, a big... Uh, corporation entertainment lifestyle platform corporation under the name hype corp and in uh, March of 2021 so we are just barely under two years ago since hives existence and so 
During this restructuring, Big Hit Entertainment just went on to become Big Hit Music and officially uh, became under the Hive label. Yeah, so this is why we say that it's important to make the distinction between the two because Big Hit Entertainment, uh, well, I guess Big Hit Music now, they rebranded as Big Hit Music. So Big Hit Music and Hive uh, Corporation, they are two completely different things. Uh, Hive is the parent company and Big Hit is the subsidiary under Hive. And so this is why we say to people, be careful when you're speaking, because it's like, do you mean Hive actually, or do you just mean Big Hit when you're talking about something? Because those are two completely mm-hmm. different things. But yeah. yeah, back to... I don't know. A lot, yeah, a lot of people have completely, when the Hive um, change happened, you just had to be there. That day was crazy, okay? That whole <laughs> announcement, like, it was crazy. You just had to be there, but... Uh, to to this day, like a lot of people, I noticed immediately, like trying to switch their language. They went from referring to anything big hit as hype, and it's like you don't have to stop using big hit. Um, yeah, they're still here. Like they're still here. Um, big hit music is, you know, a lot of the times even more appropriate than just stating hype. Uh, so. Don't think that, you know, Hive equals Big Hit. And in a more theoretical sense, it does in the sense that, you know, Big Hit Entertainment is what allowed Hive to become a thing. You know, BTS made Big Hit and therefore BTS made Hive. Like, we know that. End of discussion. There's no debating about that. But in, you know, the corporate sense, in the structural sense of this company, you have to understand that Hive is just an overarching umbrella that oversees many different aspects. And in this episode, we're really only getting into, like, the music and entertainment labels. That doesn't even get into, you know, Hive's deal with YG Plus for music distribution or, um, you know, um, Hive's, um, you know, the integration of, like, Weverse versus, like, Naver and VLive and Hive and just, like, how Weverse became Or Hive Education, either. Or Hive Education. Hive has a lot of things going for it, and so that's why it's really important to understand that uh, a lot of times when you say Hive, you really do mean Big Hit. They're still here. Um, so yeah, on uh, that was March 2021, Hive is announced as a thing, and then on July, uh, 1st, they announced that Bag PD is resigning as CEO of the company, and it's gonna go back to focusing on music production, and we did see this, um, Bang PD, you see him in the credits of, you know, and Hypen and TXT songs, so yeah, he definitely got back to his roots um and he ended up being replaced by park jiwon uh as the ceo however bog pd retained his position as chairman of the board of directors so in a company you know you have you know um a board of directors that kind of oversee all like major decisions 
And he didn't give up his position um, as chairman. Like, he um, still has all the stake in Big Hit. And so just because he's not, you know, the main executive officer, um, if he doesn't have that title of CEO, doesn't mean that um, he is, like, completely um, stepped down. Um, like, he is still very much present in the decisions that go on. Yeah, he is definitely still involved in that matter, but he's just not uh, putting extra burden on himself by also being the CEO. Right. Because, I mean, he really just started this because he wanted to, you know, do music and he wanted to focus on that. And then, obviously, as the company got bigger, he had to make sure that that whole structure was solidified before being like, okay, now I can get back to music. And so now that's why he sort of stepped down to go and refocus. So he literally came full circle. He started off as a composer, arranger, producer. He made his own company, became the CEO of that company, then stepped down as CEO to then go focus on music once again. Exactly. Um, and with that, so March... Hybe is made a thing, and then Big Hit is announced as going to be a subsidiary under Hybe. July, you know, Bog PD steps down as CEO. And then this is something that's really important. We get to April. So April of 2021, Hybe announces uh, that it is separating Big Hit Music from Hybe and establishing it as a separate company. With 100% of the stake held by Hive. And so therefore Big Hit becomes like an official independent label under, um, under Hive. And that is finalized by July of 2021. And so Big Hit goes back to being listed as a private company. Because, you know, Hive, who um, is having 100% of the stake, meaning that there's really, like, nothing that's changed. Uh, there's no outside influence that could possibly happen. Um, there's no, you know, investors putting all of their stake. Um, and when you have different investors of different companies, they all get together and have meetings about where they want the direction of the company to go. And because they are investing money into it, their opinions hold weight. However, Big Hit doesn't have any investors. Big Hit is owned 100% by Hybe, and there is no outside influence that can be um, held against Big Hit. And that's really important. A lot of people seem to not understand that, or they miss that somewhere along all the you know, news of restructuring. Yeah, like, the fact that Bang PD did that and then stepped down, like, that was such a power move. So, and on top of that, he's still chairman, so he still holds authority in Hive as well. So, like, there's absolutely no way that anybody could possibly mess with Big Hit now, because Big Hit was his project from the start. 
and he built it up to be the way that it is today and now he's made it so it's like i've made this thing nobody else is allowed to touch it and i'm still going to be involved within the music making process and i think that that was probably one of the smartest things that he could ever do especially because now that bts is so big and txt is also starting to gain some more popularity um i feel like if there were shareholders in big hit there would be so many different things that these shareholders would want and so many opinions that they would have on how, you know, they should be running the company. And I'm glad that at least Bang PD stuck to his guns and he's like, no, this is my vision and it's going to be carried out the way I want it. I'm not going to let shareholders pollute what I aim to do with this company. So for anybody who somehow missed that, I will say it again. Hybe has 100% stake in Big Hit. And so they are also listed as a private company, which means that there are no outside influences. Big Hit is going to stay the way it is, and it will continue to operate independently as a subsidiary of Hybe. Exactly. And so we continue on with a little bit of history, rewind just a little bit uh, back to 2019. Um, Min Hee Jin, um, an ex- uh, executive creative director of SM Entertainment, um, Minhee Jin becomes the chief branding officer of Big Hit Entertainment back in 2019. And then um, post-establishment um, of HYBE, fast forward to 2021, HYBE establishes Adore as an independent label with Minhee Jin as the CEO. Um, so Adore becomes a subsidiary under Hype, and it's an independent label with Min Hee Jin as a CEO. Um, and Hype is kind of just basically, you know, a wallet giving, you know, blank checks to Adore to do whatever <laughs> they want. Um, it, it's really just an independent label with, you know, um, Hype's wallet. And then, of course, Adore debuts new jeans in july of 2022 yeah so like you were just saying hi pretty much just functions as the wallet for all of these music label subsidiaries not just adore and big hit but also for source and for pletus and so um the deal with all of these labels is that they may be subsidiaries yes but they are still allowed to um they're still allowed to operate independently um, and there is like, for example, I remember when Source Music was acquired by uh, Big Hit, they had said, um, I forget what article it was, but I do have an excerpt here. It says, a contract for the acquisition of sources uh, for Source Music shares has recently been finalized and the company will join Big Hit as a subsidiary. Source Music's management team will remain at the helm in order to maintain the label's independence and unique colors. So this is basically kind of like the, um, you know, it's basically what's going on with all these other music labels that they are, you know, now subsidiaries, but they are still allowed to manage and um, do all sorts of things independently. So nothing has really changed all that much. The only difference is that now, because Hybe has shares in it, they probably get a cut of the money, which then goes back into Hybe, which then Hybe redistributes to other things how they see fit. 
But that's pretty much it in terms of Big Hit and Hive history. Just to give you guys like a whole brief summary of things that have been going on. Obviously, we haven't um, touched upon everything. I don't think it's really necessary at this point. Um, but just enough to give you guys context as to what we're going to be talking about within this episode. So I guess the next thing that we talk about after this is how does this change in structure affect BTS? And to be honest, it really doesn't, not that much at all. Um, especially cause like we said, Big Hit is back to being a private company and they still operate independently. So in terms of how BTS, you know, changed or was supposed to change under the structure, they really didn't. So uh that's just to answer that question because people think that after you know big hippie game hype and then they separated themselves that somehow something's different it really isn't and it's also the same for all these other music labels right exactly and you know a lot of people are going to listening to this and a lot of people will understand this but still have a very uncomfortable um they feel uncomfortable with hype being this wallet and we're gonna really get into that but i really need people first to just understand that this change is it hasn't affected bts at all like people will say that like everything has just been terrible and that like ever since you know bang pd stepped down as ceo like it's not the same but like i feel like people can't actually give valid examples of why bts promotions are apparently so terrible yeah also people were hating on bang pd beforehand before he stepped down as ceo for whatever strange reasons there were i'm i I didn't really touch that discourse back then um and so for people to be like oh you know nothing's been the same since he stepped down it's like y'all hated him before he stepped down and now you miss him when he's gone like make it make sense and i feel like people just continuously change goalposts the same way that they change goalposts for how they feel about bts's music they'll hate on something when it's just come out and then when bts decide to move on to a different concept or a different uh sound music wise then people are like oh i missed their old work it was so much better and it's like well you hated their old work so i mean i feel like this is kind of like a similar type of discourse um i haven't fully touched on it um and i haven't fully seen like everything but to me just at surface level this is kind of what it feels like exactly like they're they're what bts is doing it's not affecting the other music labels and what the other music labels are doing aren't affecting bts and a lot of people almost want that to happen which is very odd like you know the whole you know if we go back to the seraphim and the garam issue that happened a lot of people were trying to say like that would be the downfall of bts and i'm like how are we where did the lines get crossed how are these situations related in any way People always love to connect everything back to BTS. Like, it doesn't matter what subsidiary of HYBE it is. 
people always try and link it back to BTS through some way, shape, or form because BTS is Hybes and Big Hit Music's biggest group. And this is also similar to like how journalists, like whatever is going on within like the K-pop industry, they'll also try and link that back to BTS. Like, oh, you know, they'll be talking about, uh, I don't know, some unfortunate controversy that's happened within the realm i remember the burning sun uh the burning sun scandal a few years back the way that like journalists for some reason tried to link it back to bts it's like oh um uh from big bang who's operating within the same industry as bts and it's like why do you need to say that why don't you just say what label that they're under like people just always want to have these ways to sort of make bts look bad and i think that it really does come from the fact that people just don't know how to separate hive and big hit right exactly like yes whatever profit hive gets it's from, you know, all the subsidiaries, including Big Hit, which is, of course, a majority of that income is from BTS. And so, yes, that profits then are going to be redistributed to others. Um, however, at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's that big of an issue and so we'll get into it so let, let's get into these issues like these like you know bts they're still getting their paycheck they're still living large they're releasing music the way they want to like honestly i haven't seen bts be this happy in a long time and i don't know if it's just because i've been here for a while but you know Namju just looked so happy during Indigo promotions. Like, yes. like, I felt like this was him, you know, in his truest form as an artist, performing in, you know, you know, performing in an art museum, having a, you know, small intimate venue to perform his set list, um going on you know a variety show um that is you know talks about you know knowledge and you know just different facts um which by the way um there are links for that variety show um on twitter someone has been subbing um that variety show so shout out to them um there uh what is it it's like the dictionary of useless knowledge or something like that um yeah he's there's just so much um that BTS has been doing and they just seem so happy while doing it and if they're unbothered I don't think we should be bothered on their behalf exactly like and you know I'll get into it when we start talking about these issues so I'll actually save what I was about to say um we might as well just jump straight into it so let's talk about some of these problems that you know some k-pop fans and some armies have with hive and before we start on that uh two things uh first of all as a disclaimer us debunking some of these issues does not mean that Hive and Big Hit are faultless companies. We're just talking about common misconceptions that we would like to discuss 
uh, because there have been a lot of weird takes on our timelines over the past few years, and we're just tired of seeing them, so we'd like to discuss them here. Um, there can We can talk about like genuine issues that we have with like Big Hit or Hype, and we've done so before. But we can't if you're, if you're harping on stupid issues that are, are irrelevant. And now I'm forced yes. to like come out here and, you know be you know hives number one unpaid lawyer uh because people are just like saying stuff like with absolutely first of all like no source like people just making up stuff um or they heard something from one person who heard it from another person and so like the source of that has just been so diluted that now like people are just saying anything um, and so now I have to be like, well, um, actually, like a nerd, because people are just so, like, blinded and stubborn. Exactly. And the second thing is that the reason why I've separated K-pop fan issues and ARMY issues is not because I think that ARMYs are not in some way, shape, or form K-pop fans. It's because, uh, the issues that people in other fandoms have with HYBE compared to the issues that some armies have with HYBE are completely different issues yeah. um, and we'll get into those. So we'll start with the K-pop fan issues um, that have been brought up against HYBE that we would like to discuss. One of these uh, being quote-unquote HYBE is monopolizing the industry. Now, we have seen this take so many times since Hive became, just since Hive existed, basically. For the past two years, we've been seeing these takes, um, especially when they acquired uh, Source and Plitus, which was actually slightly before Hive actually became Hive, but um, once they actually did become Hive, and then those two companies became official subsidiaries, like people were like, oh, see, they're monopolizing the industry. They're just acquiring all these labels. This is so sick. This is so twisted. But it's like, dude, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a company getting some acquisitions. Like, that's normal stuff. And all the companies that your faves are under, especially the big three, they have way more subsidiaries than Hive does right now. So the fact that people are looking at Hive like they just like are doing the absolute worst thing ever when there are so many other labels that also have subsidiaries, it makes no sense. And I also know that for sure, the people who take issue with this do not know anything about business whatsoever. Also, I think, you know, when people talk about, you know, monopolizing the industry and stuff, I, you know, no one had a problem when you know it was just jyp and like sm and like yg groups winning artist of the year song of the year album of the year like every year over and over and over again like no one had a problem and then bts does that for like a few years in a row and everyone loses their minds and you know we've had that discussion before about you know, the K-pop industry expects people to just move on to the next newest thing. And so it's you're not supposed to just keep winning year after year. Even though, like, dominating um, a period of time, like, only, like, four or five years in a row. I mean, that's kind of normal. Like, you would expect that in, like, the Western music industry, right? Like, 
in the 2010s, it was like Katy Perry, like every single year, right? Like, yeah. she was, her and like Taylor Swift were like the it girls. I mean, and in a sense, you know, kind of are in a way still. Um, and no one would be confused um, about like them retaining popularity for like uh, multiple years in a row. But yeah, and we've also talked about how the whole issue with Cacao and Naver, like, I don't think people understand that, like, Naver owns South Korea. Like, you can't even use Google in South Korea because Naver made it, like, impossible. Like, you have to use Naver Maps and you have to get all your news from, you know, the Naver sites. Like, Naver really owns everything. Like, uh, you, it, it's really impossible to, you know, live in South Korea and not own, uh, you know, Naver or Cacao um, product. Also, wasn't it CJ Entertainment where they were responsible for that whole Spotify thing where like half of K-pop got blipped off of Spotify's radar for a quick second? Right, exactly. Like the amount of groups music that disappeared from Spotify and like eventually they were put back on but it's very bizarre that people don't bring that up more like that was kind of terrifying like the for so many groups music to be gone in a blink of an eye all because they didn't want Spotify competing with Melon. Because, you know, Spotify Korea um, had only, was basically just becoming a thing. Spotify wasn't really used in Korea before then. And so once Spotify became, you know, available and uh, ready to use in Korea, a lot of people, you know, didn't want uh, people to change their streaming services. And so they just cut their distribution deals off with Spotify. And a lot of the artists had no clue that this was happening. Yeah, so like, it would it was like some random hour in Korea, and then suddenly everyone's like, what the hell happened to all these K-pop acts? Why are they not on Spotify anymore? And then it just became, it became this whole chaotic thing where like literally so many acts were just completely wiped off of Spotify's platform and people raised hell. And then eventually after like, I think it was a couple of days that um, they had renewed that contract uh, CJ did with uh, with Spotify and then all these acts got brought back on. But that just goes to show you the fact that like, this is literally just one company and they are responsible for all of these acts like staying on the platform and that at any given point in time if cj decides we don't want it like we don't want to use spotify anymore then all these like dozens and dozens of artists will just be completely taken off and so like it really just shocks me that like this wasn't a bigger issue compared to like every other day k-pop fans getting hit tweets for saying that hype is monopolizing the industry completely ignoring actual monopolies like naver or cj entertainment and also completely ignoring the i'm gonna say the oligopoly of the big three 
Um, and just so we're clear about the definition of oligopoly, it is the state of limited competition in which a market is shared by a small number of producers and sellers. And I would say that the big three is as close to that definition as you're going to get, because like Delilah was saying, like before BTS started continuously winning at award shows, it was always big three artists that were dominating music shows, that were dominating the charts, that were always promoting and doing all this kind of stuff. Uh, their companies would also have connections to music shows so that they would be guaranteed airtime. Also, you know, their company would make sure that they had fav favorable articles written about them. Like, it was serious business. And so many people have talked about over the years how if you debut under a company that is part of the big three, you naturally have a head start. Um, some people have even said stuff like if you're under big three, like you're at least 70% of the way there. Like it's that serious. BTS, when they first debuted under big hit, they literally had none of that. They had absolutely nothing just like for them to debut, like their debut showcase was literally because of the fact that somebody who was supposed to perform on that day wasn't able to make it. And so that the music show had a blank spot and BTS was able to get that opportunity. So like that was literally like by chance. It was like almost like a fluke. And so for people to act like BTS have always had it easy and that they've never struggled is just come a complete lie because BTS have been so open about their financial struggles in the beginning years. And so has Bang PD. And you can also see it in the way that they struggled to get their name out there. And that's also why they had to use unconventional methods like Twitter and like YouTube to promote themselves and talk about their music and stuff um, that like literally other idols didn't take seriously until bts started getting you know for example top social artists and then that's when suddenly all these groups that had been around for years suddenly all made twitter accounts in the year of like 2017 or 2018 um because their labels saw an opportunity to also be winning these awards and stuff like that so bts are really like the pioneers of like DIY like they've literally had to do everything themselves they've always had to work for their situation and so now that you know Big Hit and now Hybe are these really big companies and now they're acquiring for completely different reasons aside from like completely removing competition people say that that's a monopoly simply because bts is winning all the awards now but the reason why bts is winning all these awards is because their fandom is big and their fandom is big because their music is good if other fandoms put in the work and actually went to support their faves the way that we've been telling them to but they didn't listen to us then their faves would also have a chance to be winning these awards but they don't because because let's be honest, a lot of these fandoms are lazy. They want these BTS numbers, but they don't want to do army work. And so that's why they get mad whenever we're out here doing what we do best. And then they always demonize what we're doing, saying that we're jobless for all of the streams and sales that we rack up and that, oh, some of us have lives. But like so many of us in the army fandom also have lives and we still have time to do all this. So it's really just a matter of whether you want it enough for your fave or not and these people simply just don't and so that's why these artists no matter how talented they are they just don't win the awards that's literally what it comes down to exactly and i would love to bring up um this tweet from tablo back when the 
um, the disagreement um, happened with the distribution of music got pulled. Uh, and this was February 28th, 2021. Um, so just barely, not even two years ago, Tablo stated, Apparently, a disagreement between our distributor, Kakao M, and Spotify has made our new album, Epic Highs Here, unavailable globally against our will. Regardless of who is at fault, why is it always the artists and the fans that suffer when businesses place greed over art? Wow, that is sad. Um, and, you know, eventually things you know, the distribution did get fixed and everything got back on Spotify. But, like, what a terrifying time, right? Yeah, that must be awful. And so, like, that's why we say that, like, everybody is, like, focused on the wrong people. It's the same way that, like, um, you know, that whole eating the rich discourse was happening on Twitter. And, like, you know, there was that post from, like, I think it was a screenshot from Tumblr where people were, like, where somebody was, like, none of you can be trusted to eat the rich because you'll be eating a bunch of actors and doctors while the actual rich people are laughing at you. Yes. Like, um, you know, as far as, like, you know, class structure goes, um, the people that are, like, rich, you know, the top 1%, what a lot of people think of as the top 1% are really just, like, upper middle class. Um, yeah. The top 1%, you will never meet somebody in the top 1%. That is how disconnected and far removed they are from society. Yeah, the Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musk of our society do not just walk around these streets like every other person. They, like, their lifestyles, they're just built different. Like, we will never, ever see that type of person just out and about. That's not how it works. And so when people, you know, try and, uh, quote-unquote, eat the rich, uh, with, but in this context, it really just means, like, eat the monopoly, they're ignoring the actual monopolies of the industry and just going for like the next rich company that they're seeing and it just absolutely it, it makes absolutely no sense honestly but yeah there was that issue and you know another issue that they have um you know there are a lot of k-pop fans who say hybe is only acquiring groups to disband them because they don't want any competition and there is literally no proof um that they're doing this it's really just all founded on these rumors because um you know this it was mainly spread by buddies and if you don't know what buddies are they're the fandom who stands uh g friend and um this is kind of after g friend had disbanded not too long ago and buddies were looking for an explanation as to why they disbanded and somehow they came up with the conclusion that uh I purposefully disbanded G-Friend because they didn't want any competition. And it's like competition against what? BTS? Because BTS alone outsells the entire K-pop industry. So when people act like any of these other K-pop groups are somehow in direct competition with BTS, that's just factually untrue. BTS's actual competition, for the most part, lies within, first of all, it's usually not in the K-pop industry. Um, BTS's, like, domestic competition is usually non-K-pop acts. And then BTS's other competition globally are usually the most popular acts from either the USA or Canada. 
So when people act like somehow Hybe was threatened by a G-friend of all groups and that that's why they decided to disband them, it's like, be serious. Like, are you looking at these mm-hmm. metrics? I also think it wasn't... It had to have been, like, a source music-specific, um, like, a source music-specific decision, because Hype had just put all that work in, like, they had, like, their interactive, like, um, like, museum area, and, like, G-Friend has, like, this whole section built for them, and, you know, they have, like, guided tours by all the leaders of the groups and stuff, and, like, that was, like, pretty recent. And so for a few months later, for Source Music to announce that, oh, you know, contract negotiations, you know, we weren't able to reach a conclusion, the group was disbanding. Um, Like, it is fishy. It was weird. And, you know, if Source Music decided that they didn't want to have both G-Friend and La Seraphim at the same time, um, I think that really is unfortunate, especially because two G-Friend members have stated that they weren't aware that their last comeback was going to be their last comeback. Um, but I also have seen other people um, note that uh, a few weeks prior to the announcement, um, there was some hinting um, that they knew like something was going on. Um It's very weird, um, but I don't think, like, it was, oh, Hive disbanded them to, you know, because they, it would be competition. I think Source Music wanted to disband them because they unfortunately, uh, didn't want to, um, put resources in both them and the Seraphim, which is very sad and unfortunate, and I think that does kind of suck. Like, I feel like, um, you know, it, it was completely on Source Music, who already has a history of, you know, not great management, um, especially what's happened with Glam years back, and so while it is weird how G-Friend, you know, disbanded, it was not because G-Friend was in competition with other, you know, high groups or because they didn't want, um, you know, G-Friend to be, um, to be like a threat to their other groups because High also has a stake in Pletus there. Pletus is a subsidiary of Hybe. And they didn't disband Fromus 9. Um, and you could argue that, well, G-Fred is, you know, more popular and sells more than Fromus 9, so they were the bigger threat. Um, but I think it really just boils down to, you know, source music um, kind of, you know, being a bit sucky. Like, I put all the blame on Source Music because it just doesn't really make sense that, like, Hive had plans for G-Fred just for them to just, like, suddenly disband. Yeah, like we said previously, the management of Source Music was still the same post-acquisition. 
like after Source Music became a subsidiary of Hybe, they were still allowed to operate independently as a label. So for people to say that somehow Hybe was responsible for this when you know, Source is still the sole managers of GFriend and whatever other acts that they may have had. Like, it just absolutely makes no sense to me. Especially because, like, people continuously, like, switch it up. Like, whenever something good happens to GFriend, like, they'll praise GFriend and or Source Entertainment. But then when something happens that's bad, then it's suddenly Hybe's fault when literally Hybe has nothing to do with how GFriend is managed. And not enough people were placing blame on Source Music. Like, I don't know what they wanted Hybe to do when it's really up to how Source Music completely mismanaged GFriend and just really dropped the ball when it came down to it and you know for whatever reason uh gfriend may have disbanded that's really just down to whatever was going through source's head like that has nothing to do with high being somehow insecure that like they like that gfriend was becoming too popular and so they disbanded them because that makes no sense especially because as a subsidiary big uh not big hit five gets a share of profit from them so why would they want to deliberately disband a group when they could make more money from them if they stayed as a group like people just don't want to rationalize that thought in their head and so that's why all of these rumors to me have just made zero sense yeah, I think, you know, G-Friend's disbandment is always going to be kind of a mystery, and it is definitely kind of weird, um, especially because in my eyes, you know, Hype has the money, like, they could have two girl groups. Um, I, I guess for some reason, you know, Source Music wanted to be a bit selfish, and I guess they wanted to keep a larger cut of profit, um, and so they felt like you know, their resources, they don't want to divide their resources, which just sucks. Um, however, once again, like, I feel like that is on source music. I, I we've seen this before in K-pop, where, like, some labels are just weird about girl groups. Like, um, when YG disbanded 21, the shareholders got together, decided to disband 21, and didn't even tell the members. They learned from the media and learned from like other people texting them about their disbandment and you know um yg the man himself had even went on record describing blackpink as a quote prettier and more talented 21. um and so there th we have seen a history in k-pop of for some reason, some labels are weird about having multiple girl groups. And it's really unfortunate because it feels like, you know, multiple boy groups is fine. But, like, for some reason, like, girl groups are seen as, like, not the viable option. And it's and it's sad. However, um, you know, G-Friend, the members are still active. Three of them are now in... A group called Vivi's and um, the other two one of them I think became an actress uh, slash soloist and the, the other one is also becoming um, uh, the other two are becoming soloists I believe um, somebody could correct me if I'm wrong but um, 
And so instead of complaining under every single post about, you know, G-Friends disbanding, which people are allowed to express frustration over, just like people are allowed to express frustration over 21 being disbanded for no reason. Um, uh, put the energy into, you know, supporting their current careers. It kind of feels like a repeat of, like, the BAP discourse. Yeah. About how, like, oh, BAP would have been where BTS is right now um, if it weren't for, uh, you know, the terrible, you know, negotiations happening with their label. But the BAP members, you know, were releasing a lot of music prior to that and after leaving their entertainment label. And people didn't follow them. And so, well, I think it is unfortunate circumstances about what happened to G-Fred. I really hope people could just continue to support those girls with their current careers. Yeah, because it would be very unfortunate if they turned into a BAP 2.0 story. Because what happened with BAP was just downright unfortunate. But we move on. So the last point I want to bring up in terms of like issues that K-pop fans have with HYBE um their issue is that they claim that hive sucks at managing girl groups and the reason being is that there's just been you know controversies um surrounding you know girl groups that big hit slash hive have managed in the past or currently and to that i say a lot of the issues that have gone on with these girl groups are things that Hive themselves have not done. Like, it's not self-inflicted. For example, what happened with Glam back when Big Hit was co-managing them with Source Music? Like, girls were criminals. Like, what did you want them to do about that? Like, that was entirely yeah. Glam's fault. I The whole Glam storyline is so insane to me because... Like, yeah, okay, the argument was that, you know, maybe they were, like, financially struggling and whatnot and whatever, but, like, they didn't have to blackmail somebody, and knowing that was a crime, like, you you know how it is in South Korea media, like, if you're gonna be, like, committing crimes and stuff, like, of course your career... In the entertainment industry is going to be very short-lived uh, depending on what the crime is of course um, and I, I just think it's just absolutely insane that Big Hit is blaming them when or like Big Hit people blame Big Hit for their downfall when one Big Hit didn't manage their activities or promotions. Bigot just uh, shot their music videos and produced their songs. So, like, what was Bigot supposed to do? Um, right. And second of all, they committed a cr- like they committed a crime. Like, I <laughs> I don't know how else to emphasize that. Um, yeah, if you are going to go to jail, then. Um, yeah, you're probably, your group is probably not going to last. It's just, it's really mind-boggling um, that it is somehow Big Hit's fault that Glam was forced to disband. Like, it, it really is insane. And then we keep going, um, and people said the same thing with, with La Seraphim. La Seraphim 
is cursed because, you know, they debut their girl group and, you know, the whole scandal with Garam happened and, you know, the thing is a lot of that was also out of Hybe's control. Um, and the way that the fact that official documentation was released that absolutely, um, that absolutely, uh, corroborated, uh, Big Hit's original statements that everyone called Big Hit a liar for, or technically Hybe, that called Hybe a liar for, and were like, just kick her out of the group. Um, and so they kicked her out of the group after multiple statements of trying to defend her. And then once they did it, people were like, oh my gosh, why didn't you protect her? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, I don't think you understand how bad the press was. Like, people were absolutely nasty toward this girl. People were saying the most horrid things and there, there was no coming back. And the fact that she has already been proven innocent and people still, you know, talk about how she was like one of the worst idols to like ever debut is absolutely insane. Um, and a lot of that, not Hype's fault. That was everyone else's who was so quick to bully this teenager. Yeah, and calling Garam the worst idol to ever debut, that's how I know that you got into K-pop like yesterday, because do you know how many terrible, god-awful idols there have been within the past few years alone, not even to talk about like first or second gen idols, like I'm talking about recently. And, you know, you have things like the Burning Sun scandal, you have things like idols getting caught drunk driving, you know, all sorts of things. Like, there are idols who have done, like, genuinely terrible things. Meanwhile, you're saying that the worst idol to ever come out of the industry is a 16-year-old girl who ended up being innocent when accused of bullying? Is that the worst idol that you're claiming has ever debuted in the industry? And this is why, like, it just goes to show you that so many people are just looking to hop on some sort of Hybe hate train to make it seem like Hybe has this thing of just, like, debuting terrible people when said people haven't even done even a quarter of the things that people have said they've done and a lot of the issues that these girl groups have are just completely out of Hybe's control. And then, you know, fast forward from La Seraphim and now you have New Jeans and people have a problem with New Jeans as well because obviously uh, the biggest glaring issue that people had was the fact that one of their members at the time of debut was like 13 or 14 and so people were saying that's too young, you know, that like, hype is problematic for debuting a girl this young. And then, you know, you had more controversies regarding like their songs, for example, Cookie. And then just, in fact, even just all of their title tracks, people tried to see issue with. A lot of people tried to look for things to paint whoever was editing their videos as predatory or trying to give new jeans this like innocent uh jailbait concept 
and basically just looking for ways to sexualize new genes that are just really, really uncalled for, like sexualizing them to basically prove a point that they're being sexualized and therefore they need to be saved. But it's like, if you're going out of a way to look through a music video frame by frame to try and sexualize literal teenagers, I think you are also part of the problem. The way people were saying, I just, people say the most gross, disgusting things about those girls, saying like the way they dress and that their makeup and their hair is obviously meant to like attract pedos and like just the, people were saying the most disgusting things about these girls. And I'm like, you can be concerned about their age because they are very young too debut and honestly it's not good for i don't think it's good for 15 and 14 year olds to debut just because of first of all the nature of you know working in such a high you know stress environment first second of all uh just the internet the having to read the things people say um about you online like it's just it's absolutely horrid um and that's a lot of stress for young people to go through and of course um i feel like the other third thing is um you know there's a lot of uh k-pop idols that grow up not knowing how to do anything um because mm -hmm. you know even bts when like they first you know if you watch the first season of bon voyage they had no idea how to buy a plane ticket because their managers always do that for them um and so there's a lot of k-pop idols that like grow up so dependent on others because they never had to like do anything for themselves um and so yes there are concerns about their age and whatnot but at this point a lot of people are just using that as an excuse to be so hateful like, okay, if your concern is about their age, why are you suddenly bringing up how you think, oh, they can't dance or sing or just, like, all these, like, other things that are much more subjective and not facts whatsoever. Like, if you're so concerned about, you know, them being exposed to the environment they're in at a young age, then why are, why are you adding to the hostility? Like, you're the one creating the bad environment. Yeah, that's the thing. I've also seen so many people um, come at Nugent's for some things that are completely unrelated to, like, the original issue of, like, their ages. And it just makes me think, like, you guys are saying protect them, but it's like, they need to be protected from y'all. And I remember in a statement that their label had put out, they had said something of a similar degree that a lot of people who were trying to come off as being concerned, it was really just like very like bad faith arguments. I remember like an official statement from their label had said something like that. And so it's like, even the label knows that like some of you guys are definitely just masquerading your concern. Um, well, masquerading like hatred as concern when you're really not that concerned and you just want to see them gone for like literally completely unrelated reasons. And 
I think that there would be great productive talks to be had about young people within industries like this. And if we were to let them uh, promote in industries like this, the steps that people could take and labels could take to make it a more safe environment for younger people. Um, because it's, I feel like it's a lot more nuanced conversation than people think it is. A lot of people think that like the bottom line is just like, don't let young people do anything at all. But it's like, okay, but these young people still have dreams. And I think that they should be able to chase those dreams if there is a way for them to do it safely in a good environment. And so this is why I feel like the conversations that people have on Twitter about this sort of issue end up going nowhere. Yeah, I think my thing is, yeah, they're young, which is a problem. And, you know, if they want to chase their dreams, they can, you know, wait like a few more years and then um, chase their dreams, uh, so to speak. Um, but unfortunately for the new gene girls, unfortunately, I think that that was... Um, they've already been pre-exposed because one of them was a regular cast member of a Korean variety show back in like 2011 um, for like kids. Um, and then the youngest member had already debuted in a children's music group um, and then um, debuted um, in another um, music group for like this other Korean um, TV show um, and was in that until like May of like 2021 um, and so two of the girls have unfortunately already been exposed to you know being on TV and on the internet from such a young age, which in a sense is unfortunate. There's so many debates about, you know, for example, like should child actors exist even? Um, and there's been like lots of actors and actresses that have like spoken about like how tough it is um, being a kid um, in the entertainment industry, uh, especially, you know, that's why you have things like Disney and Nickelodeon stars who at some point go off the rails um like it's a common trope um but like that's just like an entirely different conversation to be had um and so while yes they are um probably too young to you know be experiencing um some of the things that they experience at the same time stop making it stop making it worse like just leave them be like i'm begging stop just stop talking about them um because there's no way the things that everything you're saying is in good faith and um i even have the thing from adore um that one paragraph where they say we at adore are incredibly grateful for everyone campaigning to ensure minors are protected and who share their good ideas and helpful opinions. We see you, we thank you, and respect you. What we don't condone and what we, we regret to see is those people who stir up controversy for its own sake, but under the deceptive guise of protecting minors, going beyond misform, misinformed speculation and hasty judgment, and as far to try and make a point by putting words in the mouths of minors in a provocative thumbnail can hardly be seen as protecting them in good faith. It seems inappropriate 
to fill the heads of the very people they claim to want to protect with slang terms they're unlikely to learn anywhere else using sensational means. Um, and so, um, yeah, just, just, just leave the girls alone. Um, and we're going to, uh, talk about that also about leaving those girls alone and kind of what we talk about next. Um, there has been a weird narrative around new genes, um, by some armies on Twitter that we also need to address because... Let's get into the next part of, we have K-pop fans saying all these things about HYBE and what HYBE is doing, but you also have some armies that have a completely different view of what HYBE is doing. You have some armies saying that HYBE is sabotaging BTS because they believe that all these other groups are getting like all these good promotions and that BTS for some reason isn't. But I, but like, I feel like promotions for Jack in the Box and Indigo were so good. So, like, I don't know what they mean other than the delayed shipments. Like, I don't know, like, I don't really understand what's going on with, like, the delayed album shipments and why that's happening. Um, so I really can't comment on that, but I feel like that's really, like, the only thing that could be kind of seen as sabotage. And even then, um, they're still super successful. Like, Indigo was number three on the Billboard 200. Yeah, and I wouldn't even know if I would still count that as sabotage because right, that like, implies intent. Right. Um, so I would just say that it could be just a very unfortunate, like, they probably just miscalculated something or yeah, maybe they just thought like, that it wasn't necessary to exactly. ship it out sooner. I don't know why that's happening, but I think it's kind of dumb that they would sabotage their biggest money maker. Like, there's some other logistical means that we are not privy to. And if we know that these... So, like, if we know, oh, hey, these albums are probably going to be delayed... Um, shipment and so they're probably going to get the numbers are going to you know increase in the second week but what armies need to do is plan for what they're going to do the second week of release adapt it's that simple honestly and so that's why i feel like whatever happened with that is simply just probably a misjudged move on their part that can be corrected if you send them constructive feedback but people usually just don't want to do that they usually just want to go straight to like oh hype is deliberately sabotaging them for reasons xyz and that's become a serious problem as of late i mean it's always been a problem especially uh you know over the years because solo stands have always been around for quite a while even before hype even existed and they've always been trying to paint the narrative that like big hit and now hype are somehow deliberately sabotaging their favorite member of bts and only their favorite member of bts and then other mantis um you know would be suggesting that like oh they're just sabotaging the whole group and that oh they're not managing them properly and i know better because i have made up credential xyz and then you know, that's always been a thing, but I feel like now, especially after what had happened with Jack in the Box, 
people have really let solos and mantis dictate the narratives that are spread within this fandom and it is such a massive problem and we've talked about it in episodes like episode 48 um because the whole thing about how um, you know, Hive was deliberately sabotaging Hobie by giving him a CD-less album and that, oh, you know, they, they just didn't want him to succeed. And it's like, why wouldn't they want him to succeed? Because that means more money for them. It's crazy how people will say that, like, Hive or Big Hit is just money hungry, but then, like, list off ways that they're sabotaging them in ways that just don't make them money so it's like so do they want the money or do they not want the money because sabotaging them means that they lose money and why would a company ever want to lose money um so it, that whole argument just doesn't make sense to me and also on top of that and i just wanted to say this here because like i didn't get to say in episode 48 because i didn't do enough digging but when people talk about like the sabotage with jack in the box first first of all if you weren't here um the issue was that it was a cd-less album and the narrative that people ran with is that hype was doing some sort of esg campaign to uh reduce their carbon footprint and decided to use hobie's album as the kickstarter for this campaign by making his album cd-less and that's why jack in the box did not have physicals and the source that they had provided for that was um this account called tmi k-pop on twitter and they had um kind of amalgamated a small handful of articles that they had read and these journalists in these articles were talking about all these different steps that like different companies were doing to you know improve uh you know environmental things like environmentally related things and um one of the people at hive was recently appointed um as something to do with like esg but the thing is that there was no statement from big hit or hive suggesting that hobie's album was a part of this it just seemed to be like the when i read these articles it just seemed to be that this was just like a dot that these journalists had connected themselves they thought that because this one person was appointed at Hive, then it just led to his album being a part of that campaign. But the thing is, um, if you look at a shareholder letter that Hive had shared uh, in 2022, their ESG committee was only decided like upon like they only decided to create an ESG committee July 26th and July 26th is already 11 days after the release of Jack in the Box so before Jack in the Box there was no ESG committee it was just that person that they had appointed which I believe was Lee Mikyung who was the CEO of Green Fund in March and so it was just it was just her and so there was no committee. And so if there was no committee, there's no way that they could have ever implemented this strategy before a committee was even created. And so when people keep talking about, oh, it's part of the strategy, it's like, well, what strategy? There was no strategy in place when Jack in the Box was released. And if there was, like that type of stuff takes time. You don't just make up a strategy and then implement it within a week. You need to talk to various different 
uh, people for that kind of thing. And if it's like about taking steps to be more environmentally friendly, you need to talk to manufacturers, you need to talk to the artists themselves as to what they want to do with their album. And so for people to believe that this all happened when it really didn't, like people i think this is like one of the worst rumors that people had ever believed about jack in the box and so many people ran with this especially solo stands and then this is how it kind of started the narrative of hybe is deliberately sabotaging all of bts's solo releases for some reason maybe to make a point that oh you know ot7 is better but that doesn't make sense either um, it just doesn't make any sense as to why Hype would deliberately sabotage their biggest group. I think that that's just a conclusion that a bunch of people came to because they just didn't have an explanation for why BTS would not want to take the traditional route in terms of album design and album promotion. But like the whole point of the solo endeavors was that BTS get to show their individuality. And that does entail different album designs and different album promotions. But like people are furious at the fact that BTS are not promoting their solo projects in the same manner. And so because of that, it gets people pissed off. And then people just blame Hive directly instead of thinking maybe bts wanted to promote their album this way and that's what has set the tone for every single solo release that has come out thus far uh with jack in the box with the astronaut with indigo and even with all these uh other collabs on the side like for example dreamers i don't know people just want to cry mistreatment for every little thing that doesn't align with their belief of how bts should be promoting exactly and the whole you know sabotage stuff it was y'all like the if jack in the box didn't have the reception that people wanted it's honestly on fans on the solo stands on the mantis on the people who just had absolutely no source um about how the album is actually an NFT and oh the album isn't going to be available to purchase in any way even though in the announcement if you go to the album announcement for Jack in the Box it explicitly says that it will be available um retailers will be stocking it and it says where it's going to be available to purchase it says it in the announcement that there is a physical album that retailers um will be having stock of and people just didn't read it and so it is on them um and so no this time um you know we can have maybe small complaints about oh you know the delayed shipments that have been happening with albums and whatnot but this was in no way a this was in no way a, um, like, Hive didn't do enough. And in this case, remember, not Hive, Big Kit. Um, it was not Big Kit sabotaging um, BTS. This was um, people who called themselves fans spreading misinformation um with no proper source and then acting surprised when people didn't buy the album
Yeah, it just, the amount of damage that people had done was just absolutely ridiculous because, and, and it's crazy because, you know, at the Yet to Come concert in Busan, uh, something that Hobie had said was like, at this time, what we really need is trust. And it just goes to show that some people just really do not trust the boys whenever they say that they're fine, that everything is working out, that they're happy. They just constantly assume that BTS are lying to them and that they're being held hostage by their company. And I'm like, that's not what trust is. And also some people misconstrue trust as in trust the boys, but not what the company is saying when that's also a stupid move because if BTS trust the company to carry out what they want them to carry out, who are we to completely doubt their words? Because Big Hit is also a representative of BTS. And so if they say something about BTS, it's what BTS wants to be like, is what BTS wants out there. It's what BTS wants uh, to be released to the public. And so this is why I take so much issue with people who claim that they trust BTS, but then don't trust the company because it's like i'm trusting the company because bts currently trusts them yeah sure if one day bts comes out and says i don't like the company i don't trust how they're handling my musical projects then obviously all bets are off with big hit but like for people to just not trust big hit by default when we need to trust them because that's who BTS is putting their trust in right now, it's absolutely ridiculous. And it just goes to show you that you're only selectively listening to what BTS is telling you. And this type of stuff was only going to create even more discord because then it's like if you're not trusting the company and you're not trusting BTS, then it's like, who are you trusting? Because you surely do not know better than the people whose names are on the contracts, right? Exactly. And now let's get into the issue that is the next point of discourse that's been really prevalent these past few weeks, especially on Twitter. The whole hype is using BTS's money for other groups. And here's the thing. That is technically true, but also... Why is it a problem? Be honest. <laughs> like, exactly. I, like, I, I genuinely don't get it. Like, we know all of these groups have privilege because they have exposure and HYBE is this huge thing because BTS made it that way. But, like, why we do we have to, like, remind people, like, every two business days? Like, we, like, it's just saying like the sky is blue like we know can we move on to some more productive discourse like why is it such a problem that these other groups are you know getting you know nice comebacks and they're getting nice you know promotions and that they're releasing high quality stuff um using what is essentially partially bts's money um if none of that is affecting bts's success in any way exactly and i think that this is just something that i've seen and i remember i think i may have talked about it on this podcast before but like 
I remember somebody was also telling me this when I was on a flight on the way to LA for the PTD concert that they had uh, in 2021, because there were a bunch of armies on that flight. And there was one in particular who I was talking to online, and I sat next to them through the whole flight. And they were talking to me about how they didn't like how Big Hit was focusing on, you know, other groups like TXT. And they didn't like the fact that, like, Hive in general was, like, using BTS's money for, like, other groups under other labels. And I'm like, bro, like, I literally had to sit there and explain to her, I'm like, Hive needs to diversify so their entire income isn't solely reliant on whether BTS is active or not. Because a, a few years ago, like there were reports of BTS being responsible for almost 100% of big hits and uh after that hives income and it's only in like recent times that it's now reduced from like 90 something to like 80 something and then to like 60 something so it's like this diversifying what it's doing it's taking the load off of bts and also reducing that risk for hive because in the event that BTS can't perform, then, like, if it was back then where BTS was responsible for most of their income, then Hive would be losing so much money because they don't know, they wouldn't know how to keep themselves afloat without BTS. But the fact that these other groups now have the resources to become successful and therefore take that load off of BTS, BTS now has more freedom to not have to work themselves to the bone just to keep their company afloat. Because for the longest time, up until 2019, from 2013 to 2019, BTS was the only boy group and pretty much the only group in general that Big Hit was managing. Um, and they had to work so hard uh, putting out at least two EPs or sometimes albums, like full albums a year, and now they're at a place where they don't need to do that anymore and they can slow down in making music um, so that they're not as burnt out and they can also be able to take more breaks when they need to. But people are complaining that Hive is using uh, BTS's money for their other groups when first of all, you know, whenever BTS makes money, obviously BTS get a massive cut, but a cut of that money also goes to Hybe. And they're free to use that money however they want. So yes, if they would like to distribute some of that money to other groups, they are very well free to do so because that's their cut of the money. That's their profit. And so there's nothing wrong with what they're doing whatsoever. And it's actually for BTS's benefit. Because imagine if Hybe wasn't redirecting some of this money towards other groups. Then that means that these other groups that they're debuting have no resources. And with no resources, it means it's going to be difficult to keep these groups afloat because they don't have the resources to continuously do comebacks and make music and do other types of things. And then when those groups without those resources inevitably fail, then guess who it all falls back on to continue making money for the company? It falls back onto BTS. And so you're basically saying that you'd rather have BTS continue being the sole breadwinner of Big Hit and Hive and constantly work themselves to exhaustion 
just so you guys can have bragging rights that they are the sole breadwinner, I would much rather have it that BTS is still successful, still getting a bunch of resources for what they're doing, but also having the freedom to just not have to work like that anymore. The fact that they have this opportunity to slow down and just rest. I mean, even just like yesterday, Jungkook on Weverse Live was talking about how these days he has really just been resting. He hasn't been doing anything and he likes that feeling. Um, I think that a lot of people just, uh, for some reason, not want BTS to have a rest to just stop working for a little bit and i think that that's incredibly problematic like let them rest why do you want them to keep working i just how long are we gonna keep up this whole txt our leeches discourse and now the discourse has moved on to new jeans as well all because of the pock record um the way people have switched up and have been nasty toward these girls is just absolutely sick and ridiculous like first of all none of them have said anything bad about bts in fact all of them have are probably the most respectful toward bts out of everyone um under hive so i don't know where this came from that you know they're like there was like people comparing new jeans to like basically being like a second black pink or something which was just like a very random comparison and it didn't really make any sense but txt debuted in 2019 like you need to get over it like you need to move on they've done nothing wrong um, like, if you don't like them, then don't stream their music, don't consume their content, mute their names, do, like, there's, just avoid them. Like, the way, if, like, I've seen people talk more about these groups that are so-called leeching off of BTS more than BTS. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you're just creating so much drama and making it so just like not a fun place to be um and if someone also wants to stream a txt song for example because they like txt's music you can't make someone not like a song like but these arguments people are just sounding absolutely insane and are in fact these chronically online people that k-pop stands like to paint every army as and so if you um you know don't want to you know fit that description you have to stop just talking so ill of people that are just doing their job um and the whole amount of people that have been you know just saying things about new jeans because of um ditto breaking dynamite's um pock record first of all um records are meant to be broken and that's okay like we'll just have to work harder to 
break the records again. Um, and I also don't think people understand that the charts have been through a lot of reform. So not just like Spotify and Billboard constantly redoing their charts. Um, they've been constantly changing the charts uh, in Korea as well. And a lot of people, you know, are always complaining about, you know, how charting goes um, on Melon without understanding how that chart even works. And so, um, Soompi actually, um, this is the only main source that, um, I could find that was translated, but basically back in, at the end of 2021, well not the end of August, so like the, but the latter half of 2021, Melon revealed that, um, their new top 100 chart is going to be calculated 50% of it is calculated on the past 24 hours and the other 50% is based on usage from the past hour and that is how the rankings are calculated however from 1am to 7am um, where there's usually less people awake so small amount of users that the charts during that time are 100% based on usage from the past 24 hours. And the reason for this change is because in Korea, um, stands of boy groups are known as zombie streamers because a lot of fans know that during this time period, less people are awake and so less people are listening to music. And so that is a time that a lot of people will stay up and stream songs to help push their groups um, up the chart because it's much easier to do that if it's just the fans of that song streaming at that point in time. And so basically Melon has made it, has basically eliminated zombie streaming because instead of the charts reflecting what's being listened to at that exact moment, it's really based off data from the past 24 hours total. And so, you know, when you have that um, combined with, I believe they've also made some other changes, um, but this is just the most explicit translated one I could find. You have to understand that what, how are we supposed to control what the Korean general public listens to? Am I supposed to fly to Korea, bang down someone's door, and, like, physically stop them from, like, streaming ditto or something? I just don't, like, there's really nothing we can do except plan for what we're going to do next. Like, just because, you know, a POC record is broken doesn't mean that like BTS has suddenly fallen from the pedestal that they're on. Like I don't think people understand that the gap between BTS and even, you know, popular group like TXT who's having a very successful comeback right now, the gap between them is still absolutely monumental. Like the difference in streams and sales is astronomical like bts is always going to be first place and the gap between second and third place 
will always be much closer than second and first. Like second and first, the gap is just absolutely ridiculous. And so I really need people that weren't even here for Dynamite getting that POC record to sit down and try to focus on what's a more productive way that we could support BTS's next comeback or the so or a solo um, releases um, when, when that happens. Like, there's just so many things out of our control and getting really nasty and bitter towards people breaking BTS records, it just makes you look so insecure. And BTS aren't insecure. I know that BTS are the best and that whatever they release is going to do well. But if you can't be, you know, beefing and starting unnecessary beef with uh, people that haven't done anything wrong. Like, I, I think this whole... Like, if you really think that, like, New Jeans or TXT is going to overtake BTS, like, I think that says way more about you as a so-called ARMY than anyone else. I agree. And, like, people are just trying to say all types of weird things about them. I remember um, there was this one tweet from somebody who was like, oh, by the way, uh, New Jeans are the spoon-fed idols that BTS criticize in their music. And I'm like, no, they're not. No, they're like, not. First of, all, first of all, you completely misconstrued BTS's lyrics. Um, and I know that you did not understand them properly because the people that BTS constantly bash in their music are people who are in positions of high power that have done absolutely no work to get there. For example, We Are Bulletproof Part 2, when Yoongi talks about rappers who are only able to get that title because they can't sing and they haven't actually put in the work of being a rapper. Or you could look at, for example, a song, Bep Say, where it's about uh, the Silver Spoons, the boomers of our generation, or maybe even Gen X, and how they've constantly had better opportunities than what we have now. And yet they complain to us that we're not doing the work when in reality, the playing field was just never even in the first place. Or you can talk about other things, like, for example, Mic Drop, where Hobie talks about uh, the gold spoons of the industry, uh, e.g. people who are under the big three, who have always been able to have all sorts of uh, extra chances and opportunities to promote themselves the way that BTS had not in the past. Those are the people that BTS bash in their music. They are not bashing a bunch of teenagers who have done absolutely nothing to deserve that type of hate. They obviously have that privilege of having exposure from being under hive and being uh, a junior to BTS um, since they are under the same umbrella company. Um, but New Jeans has always acknowledged the fact that they do have that privilege and they are also armies themselves. They respect BTS. And on top of that, they've never had things handed to them. They do have 
uh, contribution in their own music from the get-go. Their names have been on the credits of their songs. So this idea that they're somehow the spoon-fed idols that we need to be careful about when there's so many actual spoon-fed idols that people completely leave out of the conversation, it's very deceptive, it's very disrespectful to New Jeans, and it just shows that you did not understand BTS's music whatsoever, you did not understand their message, and on top of that, you're insecure because if you have to do this just to prevent people from listening to a group of teenage girls, I'm sorry, you are a loser. Yeah, you are. Listen, I think everyone needs to take a deep breath because having this one-sided beef with teenage girls is weird. It's weird. Like, it to go out of your way to also misconstrue BTS's words against them? Like, that's a new low. I'm sorry. Like, once again, it has to be either, like, it has to be, like, you had to have been a fan after, like, post-2018. You know what I mean? Because I don't know how you're listening to all of their old songs and really thinking that TXT and New Jeans, that's who they're singing about. Like, you have to, like... Uh, like there I don't know what the disconnect is but it's really gotta stop um like the discourse on Twitter I'm seeing a lot of armies push back against it finally which is good um but like the fact that there are people who have you know quite a bit of followers and like medium to large platforms you know saying such hateful things is it's it's just it's it's honestly gross um and it it makes uh army twitter really uncomfortable and suffocating um because if you're just making people not have fun because you have to dictate making sure that like everyone has a bts playlist and not allowed to listen to anything else and there are people that genuinely believe that you are only allowed to listen to BTS. Um, yeah. And then I think it is kind of funny that then you have Jungkook going live for four hours singing non-BTS songs. <laughs> yeah, including TXT and New Jeans. So there goes people's opinions on that. And, you know, I think the bottom line is that if you are really putting all of this energy into caring about things like a pop record and you don't want anybody else to claim it but bts if you're that insecure about it open spotify and stream what you're doing making hit tweets off of groups like txt and new jeans who have done absolutely nothing wrong that has no impact on bts's sales it has no impact on their streams it has no impact on any metrics they have it's simply just a way for you to get brownie points with other weird armies who think the same thing as you and i think that it just does nothing but cause fandom tension when you could be using that energy into doing something way more productive for the fandom that will actually get results and so to those people i say if you don't want anyone but bts to claim that title you're free to think that but you also have to put your money where your mouth is and go stream don't be wasting time making tweets like these that aren't even true and so with that we move on to the final point 
where people say that Hive keep on using BTS for unnecessary products campaigns. And this is kind of what I just talked about with Jack in the Box. I won't get too into it. But basically, there is no concrete evidence of this occurring. And like we said, Big Hit is still an independent label, the same with all the other labels that are under Hive. And so when people say this, it makes no sense because with Big Hit being a private company that is fully just independent like there's really nothing that hype is doing that is directly impacting what bts is doing and you can see that because for example bts you know when hi was unveiling all that nft stuff bts were like they didn't participate in any of that and and so you can clearly see that they still have jurisdiction over what they do and don't want to do and so if they see that Hybe is doing something and they don't want to join in on whatever Hybe is doing, they seem to still have the authority to do that. And so this is why I just don't like these rumors going on, like on around ARMY Twitter, that like Hybe is making BTS do this, Hybe is making BTS do that. Uh, there was especially rumors like that when, for example, um, Dynamite, uh, Butter, and PTD were being released, people saying that Hive was making them do those songs, when in reality, that was something that BTS decided to do on their own. Because again, chapter two was supposed to start after they conclude chapter one in 2020 after their world tour. World tour got canceled because of COVID. They decided instead of taking a break right there to continue to push through and make more music. That was BTS's decision. They didn't have to do that, but they did it anyway because that was their choice. They chose to. Nobody made them do any of that. And frankly, Hive didn't really exist when Dynamite dropped. I mean, they only really cemented themselves as Hive in early 2021. So nobody was telling them in Hive, you need to drop this on because reasons. Like nobody was doing that. So when people try and equate Big Hit and Hive as the same thing and make it seem like Hive was making them do all this stuff and that, oh, this is why they were burnt out because Hive made them do XYZ. It's like, no. Um, they gave you the reasons why they were burnt out. They told you this in the festive video of 2022. You just didn't listen. And that's the biggest problem. So many people on Twitter are just consuming all this information through short clips on Twitter, but they're not looking for the full context. And so they'll take these clips and just like let their imagination run wild instead of actually going back to what the boys or what their company has said and understanding, you know, what they're talking about from there. It's always just these uh, these takes that come from people who have never, ever looked for the full context or ever done any research whatsoever. Exactly. Um, and I've seen a lot of people um, try to say, like, oh, how was I supposed to know? And that's why you just have to be more diligent. You have to try and look into something um once you receive new information about it, if you don't know where it's from. I do that all the time. Like, sometimes I'll be reading something, and I'll be like, oh, when did this happen? I must have missed something. Um, and then I'll try and ask around. Like, I'll ask the group chat or Daisy, or I'll try to search for it um, myself to, like, figure it out. Because, you know, a lot of us, you know, the thing about, um, you know, people having school and work and stuff 
we don't really want to put too much time into trying to research every little thing that's going on. And so, of course, we're going to take um, what other armies are saying as facts because, you know, we have this community built. Um, and, you know, it makes sense to, like, trust the information that we put out with each other. But I think with everything that's been going on the past few years with, like, solo and manti rhetoric, we just, we just have to be better. We have to be better. I agree. Like, in this day and age, there's so many people trying to masquerade as armies or trying to masquerade as people who are coming in with good intentions, but are really just coming to derail conversations, spread misinformation or disinformation, and just try and cause fandom division altogether. So you can't just be taking anything that you see on the timeline for facts unless you have seen what they're talking about in its full context and if you don't know about something that is fine but like don't insert your opinion into that topic if you know nothing about it then don't talk about it there are so many people who will know like absolutely nothing about something but then they'll still be giving their opinion but it's like your opinion doesn't matter because what do you know about this topic so I think that a lot of people just definitely need to know when to just step back and look for information when they are called out as ignorant because like there are plenty of ways in which I'm ignorant about certain topics but guess what I don't spew my opinion on everything that I know nothing about because that doesn't get me anywhere and I'm probably going to get jumped by people who do know about the topic. So it's like don't be hesitant or don't be afraid to ask questions and to look for context. And always make sure that you are getting something in its full context. Like make sure to just just do the research. I mean, it may be time consuming in some cases, but if you're really looking to understand something, that's just what you have to do. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But just don't insert your opinion. Exactly. Um, and so... Yeah, I I hope that, you know, we can really redirect our energy um, into things just outside of Twitter discourse, because I really do think some people need a break, um, especially when a lot of this discourse, like I've said, has been going on for so many years. Like, it's exhausting having to revisit it, which is also why we're doing this episode, so hopefully we don't have to keep revisiting it. Um, but I, I, a lot of this, I, I'm, I'm over it. I, I'm getting old. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) this, we, we, we really need to, you know, fix this before the next solo release. And I see a lot of people, they'll say, oh, well, you know, I can, you know, tweet about, like, these issues and stream at the same time whenever we say, hey, put your time into something more productive. They'll say, well, I can multitask. Um, And you know what? You're wasting um, your time and life energy. Uh, Choose something else to multitask at. That's what I'm going to say. Because if you're streaming... That's good for you, but um, like the the point is, your tweets add nothing new. The discourse is boring. It's tired and it's spiteful. 
and it it does absolutely nothing to further BTS. So what are you really here for? Exactly. And so with that, I guess we kind of just um, are going to wrap up this episode with talking about what should armies do now? You know, now that we've talked about all of this, what is the next move for this fandom going forward? Um, first of all, um, don't just be a sheep and follow what other people are doing simply because they tell you to do it. There was a very recent incident a few days ago where some random account just said, hey, let's all unsubscribe from the Hive YouTube channel to show them that they can't get army clout from us. And some people were like, yeah, let's do that. And then just started unsubscribing from the Hive YouTube channel. And it was a little bit of time before people cut on and they were like, what the hell are we unsubscribing for? First of all, BTS are under Hybe, so whenever they're dropping music, we still need to come back to this YouTube channel to support them. And unsubscribing from them just means that you're not going to get notified whenever BTS do something, so that's stupid. Second of all, like, who is the one spearheading this campaign? Because when people actually looked into it, it was some, you know, random multi-fandom account that didn't even follow BTS or anything related to BTS. They were just in a bunch of other fandoms. And then this is who people were listening to. And again, as a caveat, this is not me saying that every multi-fandom person is bad or is deserving of suspicion. But the person in question who was spearheading was basically in every fandom except the ARMY fandom. And yet somehow people thought that it would be a good idea to listen to them when they say, unsubscribe from Hive's YouTube channel. So clearly they were just some crazy K-pop fan who had this idea to try and sabotage Hive because they wanted to, I guess, to prove a point or to make it seem like Hive was going under, um, I don't know, some sort of weird type of vendetta against Hive. But the bottom line was that they were not an army and yet people followed them anyway without questioning and it took a bit of time before people started digging into their account to see who they really were and then that's what made people pause um so stuff like that like don't just follow what somebody says um because they say so um people think that like doing stuff like this against hive is sticking it to the man and as capitalism and blah 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 but a lot of this stuff usually only ends up coming back to hurt bts because again like we said there are so many instances of uh, media outlets and other kinds of people that try and tie bts to every little thing that hive does even when like they're not involved whatsoever and so if there's a bunch of people unsubscribing from the YouTube channel that Hype has, that's not just going to reflect bad on Hype, that's going to reflect bad on BTS too. And so you're literally just doing nothing but hurting their image and making it more difficult for yourself uh, whenever BTS decide that they want to post something for their solo projects, because now you don't know when they're going to post because you're not subscribed to their channel. And on top of that, People are saying that we don't need to subscribe to Hive anymore because we have Bangtan TV and, you know, why should we subscribe to Hive when they post so many other K-pop groups too? It's like, there's never been a point in time where Big Hit or Hive has posted just BTS. I mean, even before TXT debut, they were still posting stuff from Hun and uh, Lee Hyun. And so, like, 
there's never been a point in time where it's just been BTS. And so it makes no sense why people are only now taking issue. I think it's mainly because now there's an increase in groups. So I guess that visibility is just there. But like people acting like this is an issue when it has never been an issue is just absolutely ridiculous. So that's the first point. Don't be a sheep. Second thing, stop caring about other groups. Whatever Seriously. Hybe is doing with their money, however they decide to redistribute it, it shouldn't matter to us as long as BTS is able to promote how they want and they're still getting resources to do so. Nothing else should matter because, again, Hybe is getting a cut of whatever profit BTS is making and they're free to use that cut of their money however they want. And if they decide to invest that into their other groups, that is good. And that's actually good in the long run for BTS. Because again, like I said, if these groups have more resources to not just survive, but thrive, then that means that they're going to start contributing more towards the company's income. And that means that it takes the load off of BTS because they don't have to worry about being the sole breadwinners of the company anymore, which means that they won't have to be worked to the bone just to keep the company afloat. So again, that is a good thing, and mm -hmm. people need to stop painting it as a bad thing. I think another thing is if a lot of people mass subscribe from the channel and then suddenly resubscribe at a fast rate when BTS is rumored to be releasing stuff, now their YouTube views are going to be flagged and heavily filtered because the activity looks suspicious. And we already have issues with YouTube filtering our views for a few years now and now people are just going to make it worse. Listen, if you don't want to see other groups, when you subscribe to the channel and you click on the bell, the notification button, hit personalize notifications. And then what's going to happen is if you get a notification from let's say 17, Seraphim, TXT, whatever, go to the click on the notification, dislike the music video. And then if you get a notification that's BTS related, like that video. And then you're gonna have to teach the algorithm that you wanna see stuff that is marked as BTS. And a lot of people are upset about that suggestion because it's like, oh, well, there's no way to like truly personalize things. Like I just don't wanna see the notifications at all. And it's like, I'm sorry it's it's uh it's not a bts channel it's a label channel um and like daisy pointed out even before txt debuted there was non-bts content being uploaded and posted on the big hit channel and so the fact that once again all these people that weren't here years and years ago trying to rewrite history and act like everything used to be a purely BTS thing is inaccurate. You know, BTS weren't even the first artist on Weverse. It was TXT. TXT was the guinea pig for Weverse, not even BTS. Um, and so the I just feel like people are just so upset about things that are really in the grand scheme of things, not important whatsoever if you don't want to see things from other groups you got to teach the algorithm and i'm sorry that there's no way to like specifically remove keywords from a youtube channel um but why would that
theoretically exist. Like YouTube making that a feature really wouldn't make sense at all because you have to understand that YouTube is a large community and um, there are just so many aspects of YouTube that don't involve music. Why would YouTube assume that people subscribe to a channel wouldn't want to see content from that channel? Yeah, so like to, honestly. Yeah, so like it doesn't make any sense because like if you subscribe to like a gamer, um, you're not going to want to miss their uploads. Or if you subscribe to like a beauty YouTuber, you're not going to want to, you know, miss whatever uploads they have. And so it just like if you apply that logic to like just everything outside of like a music label, why would YouTube want to create a way for you to filter out videos? Like that just, that doesn't make any sense. And so unfortunately, you're just going to have to go in and manually dislike all the other groups that you don't want to see. And hopefully the notifications will begin to learn what you do and don't like. And there are um, armies I've seen um, with their own anecdotal evidence that uh, they don't receive notifications from, you know, and hype in um, 17, whatever. Like, they don't receive um, those notifications because of personalizing, their because of the personalization aspect of um, YouTube. So, yeah, that is my tip. Um, if you don't want to see those groups, then dislike them. Um, and then the algorithm will learn. Don't unsubscribe from the YouTube channel because if we all resubscribe at the same time at a, a rate, that looks like bot activity. Stop making us look like bots, please. <laughs> For real. And so with that, the next thing that I want to say in terms of what ARMY should be doing now is focus on chart accounts and follow their streaming methods and also that you know the whole thing about the unhealthy gatekeeping of records and like what you were saying before delilah like records were made to be broken and if they're broken it's not the end of the world because guess what we can just break the new record i mean people act like if somebody dethrones bts in something and usually a lot of times the things that bts are dethroned in are not really that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things because at the end of the day, BTS are still the artists with the biggest impact, the biggest metrics, uh, biggest touring sales and touring attendance. Like, there's no touching them. Even if here or there, some K-pop idols might break some of their records. Like, for example, with what New Jeans did with, like, the pop record, um, I think that people just need to relax. And again, like I said, if you're that mad about the record being broken, just stream harder to break the record again. And then you can have the record back. It's as simple as that. And I think that people just really make it to such a big deal when it really isn't. And yeah, like to help with that, you need to focus on the chart accounts, follow their streaming methods, also attend streaming parties if you're able to, um, you know, set aside some funds for buying music um, and do what you must. Um, but focus on your own group and not about what other people are doing, especially if they're really not doing anything wrong. And I guess the last thing I would say is stop calling people who don't go on a big hit slash hype hate train company stands because that's such a big thing. And 
if you somehow been able to avoid that term and what it means, if you don't know what a company stand is, people basically define company stands as people who prioritize like the company over their favorite group and would not hesitate to throw their favorite group under the bus in favor of supporting the vision of the company overall. And this is such a common name that people are called when they decide to bring at least the tiniest bit of nuance into the, a conversation about big hit or hype, or sometimes if it's about like uh, arguing with solo stands, if you disagree with solo stands, solo stands are quick to call you company stands because they want to claim that you care more about the company's vision than their favorite member. And, you know, it's such a prevalent thing. And even when people are correcting misinformation about big hit and hype from K-pop stands, they also call armies company stands uh, usually hype stands specifically, even though a lot of them would ride or die for their company that their faves are under too. Like, uh, that's another thing where like back in the days when I was first becoming a fan, it was such a thing for people to call themselves, like for example, SM Stan or YG Stan or, oh, I'm part of the YG family. Like that was a thing. Like people would genuinely pride themselves uh over being called about like over being company stands. Like they would self-identify as that. And yet nowadays, like company stands has turned into like this whole thing that people act like armies are pioneers for when it's like, no, that kind of started with the big three, if I'm going to be fully honest with you. Um, or if it wasn't started with the big three, it was popularized by people who stand groups under the big three, like, especially because the big three did really push like their sort of family concept, especially with the way that, um, you know, idols under the same label would sometimes do collabs. That was more of a thing for like SM, um, especially, but like, they really pushed that sort of family concept. Um, but yeah, like this sort of thing where people just call anybody who doesn't hate Hybe or Big Hits Guts like a company stand, it gets us nowhere and also prevents you from learning information that would otherwise be useful, but you just don't want to hear it. And I think that we really need to just learn to admit we're wrong when we're wrong. I feel like people just always want to make it seem like it is the right thing to do to just not trust the company when big when bts have also put their trust in that same company and so i think that we just all need to learn how to be on the same page and also learn how to be open-minded to other people's opinions exactly like we can criticize things that big hit or hive does but you have to like criticize things that are true um, yes and a lot of the times, people are just making assumptions and then running rampant with it. And we, we need to really uh, just, you know, ring that in um, because it's, 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 a, it's becoming a disaster. Um, I am glad that some people are really starting to push back on it. Um, but I, I just, I genuinely need people to really reflect and think about why you are here. Are you an ARMY because you love BTS and their music and their message and you want to support them? Or are you here because you just want to be a part of something? Because all of this, you know, starting beef and with you know people that haven't even done anything on twitter just to get some hit tweets and just to get likes when you're 
not even like being accurate you're just being hateful and mean and you're upset over things that like you weren't even here to experience um so like you're going off of like second hand information um and you don't really care if you're spreading misinformation because of the clout you get from it then that tells me that you actually don't care about bts in their message um and nothing is going to convince me otherwise so i just really hope people you know after this episode have a period of ref of reflection and like really think um about you know why why they're here what it means to be an army what it means to support bts and there you have it that's pretty much all we wanted to say so if you managed to get this far into the episode thank you for listening um also, um, you know, another thing after this, because now this is episode 60, so now that we're back to our regular schedule, Army Anonymous will be coming out next weekend. Uh, so we're going to go back to our regular schedule of posting it every three official episodes. Um, I held off on the submissions, but they're still there. We haven't forgot about them. We're going to talk about them all in our next episode. So apologies for the delay, but uh, we hope you guys stay tuned for that as well. But yeah, um, I think that's pretty much all I have to say. All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thank you, everyone, who sent me happy birthday messages. Um, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye for now.